Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone, as we continue the countdown to the Loudest Hell Festival in Drumheller, Alberta from August 3rd to 6th. Juliet Ruin is an alternative metal metalcore band based out of Edmonton, Alberta, who gracefully surrendered their time slot last year at Loudest Hell due to a destructive windstorm in order to allow the show to continue as planned. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with two members of Juliet Ruin Jess Ruin, the vocalist, and Kent Geislinger, the band's guitarist. Jess and Kent, thank you both for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So Kent, uh, the first thing I want to ask is, how's your shoulder healing up? You had an injury recently, and have you been able to rest up at all? Yeah, it's it's getting a lot better. I mean, it's not quite back to 100%, but it's definitely good enough for me to play guitar and play a show. So I'm at least happy for that, yeah. That's good. What happened, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> well, I was uh, walking the dog, and I'm pretty sure I slipped on what was had to be the last patch of ice in the entire winter at the end of March, and oh, located no. it. Oh, that sucks, man. It's never fun to fall as an adult. You look like an idiot, but then to endure yourself, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was doing nothing cool. It was terrible. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> so you said you've got to get back to the guitar a little bit. Have you been practicing? or? Yeah, I've been able to just um, jam around by myself and been able to get the, the practices in for the show coming up this weekend. Nice. Yeah. Jumping over to Loud as Hell, partly what I'm doing here is like a mini-series kind of a countdown to Loud as Hell like I did last year. For you guys, this will be your third time performing at Loudest Hell, the first being in 2018, if I'm correct, and then the second in 2019. So as you've seen the fest grow for the past few years, what have been some of your favorite experiences and what keeps you guys coming back? Do you want to go first? You can start. Oh, man. It's hard to narrow down favorite experiences. But I think the thing that stands out to me is our my first time experiencing the pancake breakfast. Somebody was dressed as a raptor and I was really hungover. And there was this big inflatable dinosaur walking around and it just kind of felt real because I was so tired and so hungover and they were playing the Jurassic Park music. And I was like, this is really trippy and amazing. And it was awesome. I don't know why that stands out, but it just, it's cute. I think everybody just has such a good time and everybody's just so excited and has such a good time that it's almost like we all revert to our inner child form and just <laughs> do the dumbest stuff. And it's so funny, like flying like swans and things like that flying inflatable swan yeah. during crimson caliber and yeah. just i don't know there's so many so many things that stand out that are just ridiculous <laughs> and it's so good i think um <laughs> one thing that stands out really well for me for 2019 was uh ira horace's uh set in their hawaiian shirts yeah at the end of so the day that it was the friday night on 2019 that was that was dope yeah seriously and they're playing again this year. Um, yeah, I think they're the kickoff party. They're, that That's going to be like oh, yeah. a freaking ridiculous That'll kickoff good, party. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty excited for the whole bill. Like, uh, similar to last year, I wasn't too familiar with like a whole bunch of bands on the bill, but going through and actually listening to everyone's music, it gives me a new appreciation again for bands that I haven't heard of. Yeah. yeah hell yeah. Totally. Jumping to your new single here, and I'm just remembering, was it in March that you guys released it, Give Me the Crown? Yeah, 31st okay. March. Yeah. Obviously you guys have been working on new music for a little while, at least to get a single or two out here. Will fans have a chance to hear new music before Loud as Hell? And if not, are you guys going to be playing more of your new stuff at Loud as Hell? Well, I mean, uh, we're not probably not going to get anything released by then. We might work on recording every some stuff by then, but it takes a bit for us to get it out once it's recorded. Um, playing it is always a possibility for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely at least uh, Give Me the Crown will be there. But but I think we've probably got a couple that are close enough to being done that I think we'll probably have one new one at Loud as Hell if I have my way and write lyrics fast enough. <laughs> so I guess I'm looking forward to that. 
As you're working on new music, what are some aspects that you wanted to build upon or avoid from your previous stuff? And how do you choose where to focus your energy? Well, I think um, what we really want to build on is like we, we we found an energy with the Dark Water EP that was like just a little bit of a heavier feel, a little bit lower, a little um, more um, uh, heavy vocals as well. And we just wanted to focus in that direction a little more. So everything coming out from then is just like a little heavier than the older stuff, um, a little more focus on some some, some uh, scream vocals balanced with the, the usual cleans. Even the title track for Dark Water was super heavy, even with just the clean vocals. Yeah, yeah, that one was mostly cleans, eh? Yeah, yeah there's a few screams in there, but that one really, yeah, we the rhythm really kind of pushes that one. I think the, the shift to lower guitars has really just made us find heavier sounds yeah. a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's kind of embarrassing when I when I was searching through your guys' Instagram, you made a post about um, a radio station playing Dark Water, and since I was looking up on Metal Archive when your last stuff was, it looked like you hadn't actually released anything since 2019. So when I saw your new single and it didn't kind of line up with your EP, I was really confused. And then when I looked into it, I was like, "Holy fuck, I'm an idiot!" Oh, no. <laughs> well, you got it started now. It yeah, it, it's it, it, yeah. You obviously keep track of lots of band stuff. That's a lot of stuff to keep in your head. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot. I'm just glad I didn't come into this saying like, oh, when are you guys releasing Dark Water? You're like, last year, fucking idiot. Actually, that was two years ago, though, right? 21? 21, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Regarding new music as well, are you guys planning to release an album or an EP? And how will it compare to your previous releases when it comes to like lyrics or subject matter? Um, I think, as far as albums go, personally, it's such a huge undertaking that I think I would have to be really convinced to do another album. But... I would love to do another EP. And I think the thing that would change is just for, for like for myself would be um, that with lyrics, I'm getting a little more, I guess, like unhinged and comfortable in my weirdness. And I really want to latch onto that and just kind of go for it. And maybe like to quote Danny DeVito from It's Always Sunny, I don't know how much time I have left, so I'm going to get real weird with it. <laughs> That's perfect. I find that the weirdest music is often the most authentic. Thank you. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> yes. As long as you're not sticking with the mold and basically doing what everybody else does. It gives you a chance to be creative, it gives you a chance to be kind of stupid at the same time, but a lot of it's appreciated. Yeah, ex express yourself. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, like the, the off-the-chain the off, um, off kind of odd lyrics that are either angry or just strange. But it's a kind of a mix of the of the two things, and then having artwork that's like pink stuff and and like just you know like not the like we're heavy kind of thing. Just just we're stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that it would take a lot of convincing for you to do like a full album again, and that's obviously part in part due to all the work that goes into it. A lot of other bands are seeming to move towards the releasing EPs or singles only. Is that something that you guys are considering, or is that something that just depends on the time? Well, we kind of did that when we did the Dark Water thing. We we pushed it out a song at a time across a few months with like videos for each thing. And I honestly, I really liked doing that. And it's a lot. You can come. You can really generate the same kind of. Um, interest with a few songs and a few videos and without doing a full album and it's just a lot more work to do that and you could just like it's a fresher creative process like an EP takes less time and you can be at the kind of the next phase of your musical evolution a little quicker than trying to you know 
get a cohesive album that's a dozen and then do another one like that. It just kind of flows a little nicer doing it EPs. So I think I like it that way. Yeah, as well. and I also really like the idea of just releasing one-offs too, because like, give me the crown. We were like, this one might just never fit in anywhere. And if it does later, we might make it part of something else. But it's fun sometimes too, to just write a song and be like, this one's weird. Let's just put it out there and, you know, and that's more excuses to have more artwork, which is fun. I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> the artwork's one of the best parts. I think it's a whole package. Like you, ha you can't just listen to music without looking at the artwork. And I think the CD booklets, for example, are way more valuable than than just looking at like a digital file online. Yeah. 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 For yeah, sure. I love the sleeves. I love looking at those. I think that's part of the beauty of getting physical copies. Is the reason I still have that appeal. I think it's all the artwork. And a lot of work goes into it too, like you said, with every EP, with every single, people are getting different artwork, so they're, they're bringing in a whole lot of different people for each part of the process, whether it be like you guys creating the music, deciding on your artwork, sending it to for mixing and mastering, everything in between. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we like to involve, we do involve a lot of people in the process, and it's, you know, it's always good to have their input, because it just puts another kind of angle on the, on the art itself that we can't just, that we don't see just from creating the music. A lot of my previous guests that have been moving towards that single or EP release schedule, they've noted that part of the reason they're doing it is because of like social media or say something like Spotify where the algorithm kind of messes things up if you're if you're essentially dormant for a little while. So mm -hmm. is that also one of the reasons you guys wouldn't be considering another album at this point? Yeah, like for me personally, another part of it too is like, I mean, we, we are a small band, so we're never just like banking on like, oh, this is going to get, you know, thousands of of eyes on it or anything like that. But I mean... This day and age, with all that in mind, still, if you don't have a lyric video at the very least, people probably aren't going to hear that song at all. And it sucks sometimes to pour tons of hours of work into something that will only get heard by, you know, like the handful of people that really devoutly follow us or whatever. <laughs> so it's sometimes, yeah, sometimes I think of that aspect and I'm just like, if something doesn't at least have a lyric video, it's it's just, it's not going to get appreciated. Like, it could possibly be so yeah. yeah it's easier to appreciate each song and its individual strengths by like releasing eps and such or singles just so you can really focus on the one tune at a time in in that regard yeah yeah well and then you can also put all of your effort into a few songs instead of trying to add filler to the album if you're not really i guess confident in what, in what songs go on in yeah for sure like i i definitely uh, i i feel proud of like everything we did on the lp but making the EP cohesive and making it like each song just like feel strong was just, it just slid together. So, so much easier. A lot easier than the album. Definitely. <laughs> it's a lot less work. Now in both your EP and the album, Old Stardust, Love and Chaos, the album covers have featured a skull as one of their focal points. So are you guys planning on remaining consistent with this design choice on your next release? Or is that something you've changed as well? So I think, um, for our it wasn't our self-titled one that had the other half yeah so we did like two halves of a skull and then did we do another one after that or no i can't else. even keep track i'm like i don't even know we have too many songs um so yeah we did that like half and half of a skull and we've we've kind of discussed like doing like a full skeleton <laughs> we were like okay that's we'd have to hold ourselves to a lot of writing so we're kind of moving past that a little bit and just kind of doing a couple other things like with dark water we just kept it super simple we just said to our friend brandy like make it look like angry water <laughs> and she's like okay cool i got you <laughs> so so i mean they nailed yeah, it. Very, yeah. <laughs> 
I think it's it's hard to hold on to something like that, especially when it was kind of a loose idea to begin with. So I think we're just gonna go piece by piece. And speaking of skulls, you guys also used to feature what looked to be like a Mexican sugar skull in your guys' logo, but I haven't seen it since, what, about 2017? And why the change for that? Well, actually, we were ignorant and didn't realize it was like a Mexican sugar skull at first. And so the person who designed it for us did it and we were like, oh, that looks cool. That's so dope. And then someone pointed it out to us and we're like, that's not our culture at all. So we're going to remove that and no better, do better kind of thing. So we were like, oh, that's... Not our thing. So we took it out. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And then moving back to the beginning a little bit, you used to be called Fiction of Fate. So I read in a previous interview that the name change was a full rebrand for you guys, uh, featuring most of the same members, but moving in a completely different musical direction. So what style of music did you play when you were known as Fiction of Fate, and why the choice to change things around? Well, it was similar. Um, we tried to do some more, um, like tempo changes and um, kind of more, a little more offbeat things. And there was more clean vocals that I was doing as well. Um, with Juliet Ruin, we shifted to just like somewhat more straightforward, just um, trying more driving rhythms and just really focusing on the strength of the, the really good vocalist. I really wanted everything to be about me. So, <laughs> so I was like, let's, let's redo this and make the whole thing about me and they were like okay not really but <laughs> Juliet Rune was initially supposed to be my stage name in the new project and I'm like guys I think in this band I'm gonna go by Juliet Rune and our buddy Matt at the time was just like that's the name that's the band <laughs> that's <perfect>. crap <laughs> uh, but I mean the the focus has been has shifted that way like because we've had some singers in the band that are you know like functional but we, we found that further on here we kind of draw away from the strength of, of Jess for, by doing a lot of other backing vocals. So we've just tried to really back off of that. Like on Dark Water, there was supposed to be myself and Cody at the time were supposed to have some backing vocals in there. But in the studio, I was just like, holy crap, she's just crushing these takes. Like we're not going to be able, we're just going to diminish the strength of this by trying to do backing vocals. So we just were like, nope, no backing vocals. It's all you. It's really good that you guys can identify that for yourselves and say like, man, it doesn't sound as good if we do it this way. So let's just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. We've really tried to embrace the whole serve the song uh, mentality, and our our uh, our guy Diego, that's worked with us on all pretty much all our music from old Stardust onwards, has has helped us with that as well. Diego from I of Horus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, kind of speaking, work speaking about working together, like you said, it's for the song. I've spoken with a few different guests who are in the same band as their partner or spouse, and I'm sure it comes with its own set of challenges. But for you both, what are some of the best? Uh, sorry, what are some of the benefits that you can see being in the same band as your significant other? Do you have any benefits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely benefits. Um, it's really nice to be able to go on the road and not have to leave your partner at home. That's true. That's a lot of fun. That's true. Yeah, no, nobody has to make any sacrifices in that way. We're all just kind of out there doing the thing together and it's kind of like you know follow having a mutual dream is really nice and it smooths things in in a lot of ways for sure yeah and I think it's really cool to be able to share that outlet too to be able to kind of have those endorphins and have that really positive experience of of performing and then you know be able to like hang out with each other after and be like that was so cool like this will be a really fun thing to talk about when we're old and not doing it anymore when we're like you know super cute seniors being like remember when we used to rock <laughs> like, it's, so fun. So it's fun to share that and, yeah. and have that 
as your teeth are falling out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's cute. It's got to be good, though, too. Like, a lot of married couples, they either move away from, like, mutual interests. They have their own daily lives, essentially. But it's really positive that not only guys do share an interest in the heavy music itself, but you guys also play in a band together, touring together, and everything like that. Yeah, I uh, feel pretty damn blessed to end up where I have um, with, you know, somebody that I've had as a musical partner for 11 years now, since we yeah, started Fiction of Fate. so long. <laughs> yeah, so long. Yeah, it's dope. I'm, my, I'm definitely my, my best musical partner in crime, and I'm happy for that. <laughs> and, sorry, did you just say that you were together when you started Fiction of Fate? No, we... we... <laughs> It is a funny story. We, we my, ourselves and another guy, which we'll leave out of this, um, started the project when uh, he found her just on Kijiji. So we just, we met uh, and started the band and like within a couple weeks we were together because we just, you know, just turned out that way. I was in a band. I was in a band and I dated a band member and we broke up and it was horrible. And I was like, I'm never dating a band member again. That was horrible. That sucked. So I started this band. I'm like, I'm not going to date either of you, so don't even. And then <laughs> we were dating, and it was so dumb. We were like, oh, crap. Well, this time it worked out. Yeah, it's been a that while. That was 11 so. years ago. <laughs> it seems you didn't learn very well, hey? Yeah, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and being together with the same people for a long time, you've also had a consistent lineup pretty much since Juliet Ruins Inception. Obviously, there are benefits and challenges to consistent lineups, as well as sometimes changing members can be good or bad. So for you, how has the band benefited from having the consistent long-term uh, lineups? Well, uh, it hasn't been that consistent, because none of the other original members are around. The... We have had the same chunk for, for a yeah. while. Yeah. Like, for, for... for as long as some bands have been together, we've had yeah. the same chunk. So like, I will say that, yeah. you know. COVID makes it seem like it's been a lot shorter, but it's been quite long now with Wes and Jesse. They have been consistent for like a good amount of time. Yeah. And we just got a new bassist because uh, Cody got out of the business, but we had him for quite a while too. And that... It was good having a consistent uh, group of guys, just because it's it's it does um, you get you develop a shorthand. Like I write really well with Wes because we can really quickly like work like just pass things back and forth during a jam. We can write songs on the fly and just really like uh, and just you, yeah. You guys have like developed your own stupid language where you can just like talk through glances and hat <laughs> movements. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, we like myself and yeah, like with the writing music with Jesse and Wes, um, particularly, we just yeah, it's a quick shorthand. It's really easy for us to like communicate and not be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's no, like when I say like this part, this part, everyone kind of gets it. And then, you know, we, we, we work quickly when we're in the, that kind of zone. And it probably goes without saying that after a while, you start to learn each other's preferences and like musical direction as well, instead of having to communicate that before every practice or before every song. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh my god, so much better being, like, all on the same page, kind of, with the, with the forward movement of things, just with the general vision of things, because everybody has their moments where they can just, you know, give their input, and everyone has creative input, but it's, like, so nice to kind of all have the same overall vision, and kind of all kind of have learned what each other want from the project over time. It's, it's made it a lot easier, because we've had instances where that hasn't always been the case, so it's truly a lot easier when it is, for sure. Like, way better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, it's easy for us working on stuff to, to know what each person can bring to the song 
you know, yeah, where yeah. their strengths lie. And it's just like, you know, this is, this is where Wes could really shine on something, or this is where um, we know wh what Jesse's good at for, you know, pumping up the drum parts. And so we kind of can predict, predictively write accordingly and, and like that. Yeah. Now, I've seen some conflicting information about, like, your guys' genre. So uh, different sites say alternative metal, some say metalcore, and then there's some other things in between that I've seen. So for you guys, where do you think that your music sits, and what do you best label it as? I sometimes, I sometimes shamelessly say that we're, like, alternative pop metal, because I, I have so much pop influence, and I, as much as I love metal, I also really love... You know, like you can catch me jamming to a top 40 any day. And like, I love vocal runs. I love poppy stuff like that. So like, I will say very proudly that we are like pop metal. And I've had bandmates who have been like, no, we're not. We're not. They're not in the band anymore. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah, I, I, I'd say that's fair. And I also say that the alternative and metalcore labels are fair too. Because we get, for metalcore, we get the, you know, breakdowns in a lot of the tunes um yeah, like really fair, rhythmic yeah. bouncy breakdowns and that's you know common thing of there with like clean catchy choruses that's a common metalcore thing and alternative metal fits just because sometimes we just know what the hell to call it so you just say alternative and i have gotten a lot more screaming i guess too so there's been a lot there's been a an evolution kind of there too where we've gotten more yeah, that's true. You couldn't really, you might not have been able to call the first EP Metalcore, yeah, but you could certainly exactly. call the Dark Water EP yeah. Metalcore, yeah. As I've mentioned before on the podcast, I'm not terribly familiar with Metalcore, and even less so with Canadian Metalcore, so how is the scene there in Edmonton, and are there any other local Metalcore bands that deserve some extra love? Mm -hmm. um, Edmonton is, is really, like, death metal-y. There's a lot of death metal in Edmonton, which is great. There's a lot of awesome death metal bands, like Tessitura is a great death metal band from Edmonton. Uh, for Metalcore, um, what's that? Tidebringer? Yeah, they're, Ca they're Calgary, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah, they're Calgary. But yeah, it's metal. worth mentioning. Yeah, Tidebringer, um, uh, formerly Sharks Infest, Shark Infested Daughters, so would be good. my Check favorite. They're, they're dope so as all good. heck. Um, Black Friday? No, huh? they're, like, they're like death. No, I, you no, know what, you could, you could call them I'm bad with genres. Yeah, yeah, the genres <laughs> are tough. Some genres yeah. fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's you, around here. You see such a mix of things that it's not, not you don't see like them splitting into different shows. There's metalcore, death metal. That's the thing that makes it so confusing. So I'm like, what is happening tonight? And it is a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would call. Um, I think Withered Days is a pretty good with uh, um, metalcore band that we've played with and I've seen again recently. Another um, mix mix subgenre kind of band though is Call of the Siren, and I have to just shout them out because that's my best friend, and they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots though. The city is awesome. So, quick turn here. So, what originally drew you guys to heavier music, and currently, who are some of the bands on your heavy rotation? Ooh, you have been heavy, like heavy music guy your whole oh, yeah. life. I've I've been I've I've been in kind of a heavy music guy my whole life since. You know, getting into new metal when I was in uh, um, junior high to getting into heavier stuff. Like uh, I was heavily influenced by like Chimera was my favorite band um, when I was like uh, younger, and I really loved um, um, like Opeth as well quite a bit. Um, I still dig them, but I I just kind of don't think I just didn't love anything as much as like their 2007 and earlier kind of thing. Um, I think uh, lately, 
Um, I've kind of enjoyed some ones that have been a little odd, like Electric Cowboy. I've been bouncing their album quite a bit. It's it's wonky as hell, but like just rhythmically fun. Like you can just bop to that thing. And um, Bloody Wood was something that was surprisingly good. I thought that that Indian Indian um, new metal thing it's was so good. was dope as yeah, hell. It's so good. I love the idea of that one. I didn't listen to it too much, but I might have to revisit it. Yeah, honestly, um, I didn't know, like, because the singles were, like, cool but samey, but the album actually fleshes out as a great record. Yeah, it's worth a check for sure. Oh, totally. Oh, and me, I guess. Um, <laughs> my heavy my heavy influence was kind of, um, it was we- really weird when I was really young, like, nine or ten, I think, I found my uncle's green jelly tape, and I was like, this has cartoons on the front, clearly this is mine, and listened to it and hit it and was like had this secret green jelly tape and I thought you know this is weird but I kind of kept it whatever and so I think that was my early exposure to metal and then I was kind of um you know singing country and then I sang folk for a while and then I did an R&B band and then one day I was like I think I just want to try something heavy (laughs) so so I just went on Kijiji looking for a metal band and was like yeah I want to learn how to scream want to just try this heavy thing. I think it would be a good outlet for me. And it turns out that it's the perfect outlet for me. And it's just been in front of my face ever since I found that green jelly tape. And I just didn't know. So good. <laughs> nice. And oh, do another, you still sing another, in those other genres too? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was yeah. going to say another smoking good album I've listened to recently is From Edmonton, Fall of Earth. Just released their mm, record. Yeah, and it's, so it's, fuck, it's smoking good. Yeah. They so did a really I'm actually uh, really fortunate because I'm going to be interviewing an episode with them tomorrow. And it'll be released the day of their show Ooh. with the Legion. And then all four of the guys on that bill, so Allegion Witch, Fall of Earth, and Horrify, have all been previous guests, so it's going to be pretty cool. Sick. That's awesome. (laughs) Those guys are all really cool. It was funny, because it was on Facebook, and I mentioned that I was excited to see the other three bands, and I said, not that I'm not excited to see Fall of Earth, but I just haven't interviewed them at all. And then some random dude on there is like, we have to rectify that, so then Fall of Earth, and I just (laughs) chatted back back and forth, so I'm going to be chatting with them tomorrow. Cool. Nice. Oh, that'll be fun. That's cool, yeah. 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 They're they're, they're good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And then before I let you guys go, and something I completely forgot to ask about, as in the introduction we chatted about the little bit, the, the windstorm that kind of fucked up your guys' set, and you made the gracious offer to recuse yourself, I guess, or remove yourself from the show just so everybody else can play. How did the band come up with that decision? So it sucked. It sucked to have to make that decision, but ultimately our bass player had unfortunately only planned to be there for our set because he was there and like had a lot of stuff going on. And so he had to leave and we were going to still go on. And then we thought, why not give all of these bands their full sets instead of us playing a half-ass set and then cutting everyone else's time. We're not even going to be able to give hundred percent for everybody. So let's just say F it and give everybody else their full sets because that could be the silver lining. And we were like, as much as this sucks, everyone else having a full set is going to make us feel better than going up there and maybe sucking. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's totally fair. It was it was a bummer. It was a crazy-ass windstorm. I'm sure if you've... No, it was yeah, scary. Um, you were there, right? You were at that one? Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in my trailer. I decided to, um, when everything first started, I decided to just go back and get a snack and stuff like that because I wanted to come back for your set. And then yeah. all hell broke loose and uh, my trailer started rocking. I thought it was like a tornado and I'm like, well, nobody's rocking my trailer. It's too consistent for that. And when I opened my door, everything was just fucking destroyed. Yeah, it was, it was a mess. Like, all the all the stuff just flew apart. Like, all the vendor tents were just, like, 
destroyed. Was, uh, I can't remember the name of the guys that were on stage at the moment, but it was pretty damn hardcore watching them get nearly blown off the damn stage. <laughs> and Did their drum kit go flying too? Oh yeah, like a symbol just went like, and then another symbol, and then you see Tyson running up on the stage Tyson like, comes get out of here! <laughs> Regardless of how shitty that decision was, it definitely set you guys apart from basically everyone else. That's a great attitude to have, and it obviously gave you some credit with the fans, and I'm sure you've had good feedback in the past about yeah seriously people were so nice like i got so many great big hugs when i went back like from other bands who were just like thank you so much and i'm like i made the decision begrudgingly but you're welcome and i'm so happy <laughs> like it sucked we we're all very grouchy but it was nice it was nice that you know everyone was able to play a full set at least though well, and i'm very happy that uh jeff decided to have us have us back this year after that whole you know thing happened because we were just so bummed out by the whole situation so just to be able to go back and do it again like no problem we're stoked yeah we're so excited that said i'm super stoked to see you guys live especially after waiting a full year to do it and i want to say thank you again for joining me i know you guys are a little bit strapped for time so i'll, I'll let you guys get out of here awesome thank you so yeah. much it was so nice to talk to you yeah this has been awesome thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time on gyro nation metal please don't forget to like share and subscribe the podcast can be found on twitter instagram and facebook if you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.